I'm honored to fill the pulpit today. Pastor Ed was nice enough to let all the pastors preach for the month of October for Pastor's Appreciation Month. And uh, we appreciate Pastor Ed doing that to us. Um, you know, Pastor Ed does a good job here. And uh, he needs some rest and relaxation and a break. So that's what we're giving him. So I'd just like to give it up for our pastor, Pastor Ed and Miss Nancy. You know, I've known Pastor Ed for over 20 years, and we've become good friends over the years. And I learned something new recently that I didn't know before, and that's that Pastor Ed likes horses, likes horses. So we went out, and he got on a horse, and I was watching him ride it, and I was impressed the way he handled it and, and uh, held the reins and then did almost like a bull riding action on, with his hand. I'm thinking, I'm impressed. He got the whooping and hollering and having a good time. So I thought this is really worth the money until the Walmart manager came out and unplugged it and said, it's only for kids. <laughs> Sorry. Hey, we're going to be talking about cadences today. Cadences of the church. A cadence is a, an active movement to a rhythm. And it's the same thing and everyone does it the same way. Now, you might be thinking here today, I, I marched to a different beat of a drum. I'm doing my own thing. Well, that's your choice. That's your choice. But as a church and as believers in Jesus Christ and followers of Christ, there's a cadence that we have to follow. And it's very important we do that. Some of you may remember when Winter Haven High School had over 300 band members. When they went out into the field, they filled the field. And it's back when they were building the uh, Lake Region High School. So Winter Haven had all the portables brought in, and I was a school resource officer at that point. My wife, Bobby, served as the band parent because our daughter was in the band. And remember, they went to Macy's Parade back in 93 or 94. I got to go. We got to go on that trip. Um, you know what? The Tinsley family, who you know, owned the Kentucky Fried Chicken, and uh, they donated blue, uh, blue, what do they call it? Windbreakers. So we could be easily identified, bright blue. And they had KFC across the back and the colonel on the back. As a matter of fact, the International Space Station even sent a message back, what's this blue thing of 500 people in New York City going on? That was a joke, but anyway. <laughs> but that, but the, the jackets are true. So we got to go and had a good time, and there's a rhythm and, a, and a, a cadence that we need to follow as a church. So I asked my daughter one day. She was on the drum line. She played the cymbals. And there was a bunch of them. They had a bunch of bass drummers and snare drummers and tritomers and all that kind of stuff. So I asked her, I said, Lori, what's the big deal about the drum line? Well, you would have thought she'd seen a ghost. She turned white and then went red. Tears welled up her eyes. She goes, Dad, the drum line is what keeps the entire band on track. The drum line is what makes it happen. When the drum majors get up and stand everybody to attention and they do the count... Everything's the drummers at that point because the drummers know the beat, the drummers know the rhythm, the drummers know the cadence, and we have to do that. She said, otherwise you get 300 kids on a, on a field not knowing where to go and when to go. Well, I learned a lesson that day. I never asked her again about the drum line. I was supportive of the drum line. I was proud of that drum line. But listen, not just on a high school football field, but right here on our stage with our worship team who I dearly love, cadence and that rhythm is important here pastor mike absolutely you know each and every week when we come in here our drummers whoever they may be this week it's louie 
But our drummers help keep us together so that we can get y'all together. So, Louie, give me a fat beat. Give me, drop something in there. But if he, if he goes rogue on us, if he goes rogue and we try to stay together, I don't know that that's going to work. So yeah, Pastor Danny, your daughter's right. It is so important to have a, a drummer there and a beat that you can follow. Amen. Did you see that? So if we're all clapping like we were, and he went rogue and did his own thing, what happens? We're not together. We get off beat. Great point. Thank you, guys. Appreciate y'all. What a great point, because it's so important that we're all together, is it not? The word of God is like the cadence for Heartland Church and for all believers. The, the, uh, the cadence is what we need to, to follow. What Webster defines cadence as a flow of rhythm, measured movement, as in marching. So Pastor Ed asks all the pastors to share from their heart. Being the executive pastor here and working with systems and working with, with the, the operations, the day-to-day operations, this is important to me. This is important for my heart because we gotta get this right. Because if we don't get this right, we're out of rhythm. We're not together. And we're contrary to what the Bible's telling us to do. So we need to be on the same beat. We need to move together for the same beat. And if you're marching to a different drum, I pray by the end of this service today, that you'll be back on the right beat and back on the right drum. That's what it's all about, is the movement of the church in our public worship, our family life, our personal life, and our, our work life. We all want to also want to welcome the online watcher, or worshipers with us today. So we thank you for tuning in. Paul is addressing the church at Thessalonica, who had many concerns and questions which affected their church practices. And Paul assured them about these things because Paul wanted to make sure that the church was getting it right. So remember, this is a letter. This is a letter that Paul wrote to that church that we're reading now and comparing ourselves to it. So Paul's dealing with, with and encouraging the uh, Thessalonica church with this letter. So take your copy of God's word. We're gonna look at 1 Thessalonians 5.12 and see the four cadences of the church to follow. 1 Thessalonians 5.12 through 22. Got it? That's real exciting. Got it? All right. We ask you, brothers, to respect those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you, and to esteem them very highly in love because of their work. Be at peace among yourselves. Are you at peace? And we urge you, brothers, admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with them all. See that no one repays evil with evil. Evil for evil. That's hard, isn't it? I like to be vindictive a little bit once in a while. But always seek to do good to one another and to everyone. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophecies, but test everything. Hold fast what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. So which, which beat do you march to? Are you marching to the beat of Jesus Christ? And that's what I'm hoping and praying for you this day. First thing we're gonna look at, the church's duty to the spiritual leaders in verse number 12 and 13. Recognize the staff. 
We ask you, brothers, to respect those who labor among you and who are over you in the Lord and amongst you. Listen, make a big deal over special dates and celebrations. This is Pastor Appreciation Month. Every year, Awana, the Awana kids and parents recognize the, pa- uh, par- uh, the pastors. The parents recognize the pastors. So all the pastors going on that Wednesday night. That's a great time. The kids are excited. Leaders are excited. Pastors are excited. And we're giving candy and gift cards and all these things. So we really appreciate that. I look forward to it every year. Not just because we're getting cards and gifts, but I love celebrating with the kids. And uh, so the question is, you know, what do we do as a church? We, we try to recognize our staff. We try to do that as a church. But what do you do as the church? You all, the church, the church of the people. So we should always have confidence, trust, and love in our leaders, in our support for our staff. This is not only pastors, but even the people who, who are lay leaders, the people who work in the sound booth and the coffee cafe and the leaders up here. Just the people serving and the kids and the safety team and greeters, ushers, the whole nine yards. Those are all people who lead. But do we recognize our pastors? Do we recognize our church staff? I know that this past month, I've gotten a tremendous amount of cards and, and phone calls and emails. But when's the last time you've done that for a pastor? When's the last time you took a minute just to encourage a pastor? Now, I'm seeing many of you here today who do that, and I appreciate that. And I, I want you to, to encourage these pastors in our church and let them know it's not sometimes an easy job. Why? Because we're dealing with you. No offense. No offense. But in all honesty, it, it's sometimes a tough situation. So I pray you encourage our, our pastors and let them know. Blow up Pastor Ed's email. You can get it on our website. Make him spend 14 hours looking at all of your emails, telling you appreciate him and you love him. Cherish them, respect, but recognize them. And that's what the Bible says, recognize the staff. Realize the staff's significance in verse number 13. And to esteem them very highly in love because of their work, be at peace among yourselves. That means hold them in highest regard and love and respect. You know what? I never used to be a real kind of a warm, fuzzy guy growing up in law enforcement, being with it as a kid. But I've learned this the hard way, a tender heart and being warm and fuzzy, if you want to use that term. My wife uses that term a little bit, warm and fuzzy. It brings about peace, doesn't it? Now, there's, there's some people here dealing with anger, always. Men and women deal with anger, impatience and all these things. Can you imagine how much peace you could have if you just slowed down a bit and allowed yourself to absorb that? And that's what this verse is telling us. Realize the staff's significance. But it also talks about the, the having peace among yourselves in that latter part of that verse 13. We do appreciate our workers and our lay workers and everyone who's volunteers here as well as our church staff. But listen, if you're gossiping, that can mean you're gossiping with someone else and not even saying a word, but you're not saying anything against it. And you're, not, you're just you're kind of enjoying it sometimes. That's gossiping. And sometimes it, it, you, get, you put yourself in a bad position. That doesn't promote peace. So I'm just encouraging you, as this is talking about be at peace among yourselves, be careful of, of your gossiping. Make sure you, if you have a leader who you have a problem with, you go to that leader and say, I've got a problem. That's what we're commanded to do. That's what I hope we'll do to keep peace because that's what Paul's telling this church of Thessalonica. You've had, you can't have issues with that. Deal with it. And that's what my prayer is for you. So are you marching to the beat of his drum, the drum of Jesus Christ? That's the question. The second thing, not only the, the spiritual leaders, but the church duty to its members, in verse number 14, to police the brethren. 
What does that mean? That means that when we urge you, brothers, admonish the idle. Sometimes encouragement is needed to stay within the guidelines of Scripture and the cadence. Do we all need a little nudge once in a while? Seriously. We all need a little kick, a little nudge. We get complacent sometimes. We kind of get comfortable. Get a little nudge. I've, I've had many people get upset with me here at Heartland when all I was trying to do is love on you or all I was trying to do is encourage you to get, to get busy and serve. Don't, don't get offended. Don't get offended. All I'm trying to do is get you serving and get you plugged in, whether that's a Sunday, a Wednesday, in a small group. That's what we're commanded to do. But listen, that's part of my responsibility, according to the Bible, what Paul's telling them. Paul's saying, you guys, get busy and challenge, encourage those who aren't serving, those who are weak-minded, and those who are not, uh, not wanting to jump up and get busy. So don't be complacent. Allow yourself to be challenged. Don't get upset. If, if someone comes up to you and says, hey, what do, what do you do on Sunday mornings? What do, you, what do you do on Wednesday nights? Can you help? Can you help? You can do it, do it, do it. We need you. We can't do this on our own. We can't. Uh, the success of this church is because of you, because of your, your financial giving, because of your involvement and your dedication. It's because of you. So thank you. Thank you, thank you so much for that. But be challenged. Don't allow yourself to be complacent. And to comfort ones in need, says in verse number 14, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak. This is not a physical weak is what they're talking about in the Bible here, but spiritually weak. Sometimes people just get weak and, and, and yeah, you got to come alongside of people and help them and encourage them, not judge them. Still got to love them, but come alongside of them and encourage them. Look how the, even the disciples hid. Peter denied Jesus three times. Why? Because he was, he was afraid. He wasn't strong in his faith. He, he, was, he was weak in that area. But yet, God's plan was carried out. You know, I'm not like everyone, and you're not like me. And my wife always says, when I say that, praise God. <laughs> we can't have two Dannys running around Winter Haven. That's for sure. Wow. <laughs> Allow people to come alongside of you. Don't take advantage of them. Remember Galatians 6.1, I've used this scripture before with you. Brothers, if anyone's caught in any transgression, any sin, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you also be tempted. Come along those people. Help him, love them. Be an encouragement. Be a, be a, a, a way of, of helping them ramp up to the next level. And to show parents, it says in 14 also, be patient with them all. You know, type A personalities don't do good. Sometimes I gotta pray, God, Slow me down. A lot of times I'll ask my wife a question. And if she doesn't respond to me quick enough, are you going to answer me or not? And that makes it worse. It just gets worse. And then I usually run my mouth a little bit more and say, what's the problem? And she looked at me and said, I'm just trying to think about it. Why? You know the answer already. But she's trying to be careful how she answers. Yeah, I see a lot of this going on out here. Stop it. <laughs> Look, he created us. <laughs> he can surely help us, right? But you have to be patient, and you have to be patient with those who aren't like you. I, I, I've got to be careful. I've got to be careful how I come across. I work with our staff each and every day, these pastors. And look, I, and you all will agree with this. When you control the money, you're always the bad guy because everybody wants to spend and you're saying, hold off. Well, I can't do this. Well, hold off. So I'm the bad guy. 
So they talk behind my back. I know they do. I know these pastors do. Raise your hand if a pastor. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> and then it says in verse number 15, see that no one repays anyone evil for evil. <laughs> but always seek to do good to one another and everyone. So what happens when somebody pulls out in front of you? What happens? Let me remind you, the horn on a car is not for punishment. The horn on a car is a warning. Beep, beep, I'm coming. That's what a horn on a car for. The horn on the car is not for when somebody pulls up, pulls out, and they're already in front of you, and you get behind them, and you go, I hate you. How dare you? That's not what a horn is for. Uh Uh-uh, I'm here. Don't pull out in front of me. That's what a horn is for. The finger is for pointing somebody to the restroom. (laughs) That's as far as I'm going. Listen. (laughs) I don't know why I said that. Sorry. (laughs) Listen. Road rage is real. People are wacko out there. I mean, I... Yeah, I, be careful, just saying. And I, let me tell you why, let me tell you a story. There was a group of U.S. soldiers living in their own rented house in South Korea. They had a young man working for them and they would play terrible practical jokes on him just for the fun of it. They put a bucket of water on top of the door, slightly ajar, and when he would open it, the boy would get wet and come down making a mess. They would put grease on the knobs on the stove so his hands were always with grease. They wouldn't wipe their feet. And they'd come tramping in, mud water everywhere, and it was a mess. These guys did this for a while, and these soldiers felt bad after a while. So they went to the little Korean guy, and they said, look, we're sorry. We know we shouldn't be doing this. We want to apologize. So the little Korean guy goes, so no more buckets on top of the door? No, we're not going to do that anymore. No more grease on the knobs? No. No, we feel bad. We're not going to do that anymore. No more tramping muddy feet in the, in the house? No, we're not going to do that anymore. He goes, oh, great, because this little Korean guy took it for all this time with a smile and just took it with, with jest and kept cleaning it up. He said, great, thank you so much. Now no more spit in soup. <laughs> How would that make you feel? How long was that happening? I, I don't want to go any further. I'm just saying but you can see revenge helps no one. It helps no one. It hurts. So make sure you don't show revenge. All will benefit when you don't seek revenge. Are you marching to the beat of his drum, the drum of Jesus Christ? That's my question to you. So the church's duty to the spiritual leaders, the church's duty to its members, and now the church's spiritual privileges. Believers should celebrate life, as it says in verse number 16, rejoice always. The Living Bible says always be joyful. A smile on your face or a, or a tapping a foot for eternal life because you have something to look forward to. We have that promise. God has that promise for all of us. And you need to be happy and smile and be a part of what Heartland's all about. There are people that just can't get happy. There are people who just want to complain and, and just not, not be satisfied. Well, listen, I pray that that's not you today. I pray you're able to figure that out and keep happiness so you can be an encouragement to someone else at this church, so you can help Heartland be the best it could be. Why? Listen to this. A man was stranded on a proverbial deserted Pacific Island for years. Finally, 
One day a boat comes sailing into view and the man frantically waves and draws the captain's attention. The boat comes near the island, the sailor gets out and greets the stranded man. Sounds like castaway, doesn't it? After a while, the sailor asks, what are those three huts you have here? Well, that's my house there, the man says. He says, what's that hut there? He goes, that's, that's where I go to church. And I say, what's the hut over there? He goes, that's, that's where I used to go to church. You know, get, some of y'all will get that in a little while. The bottom line is, sometimes we're just not happy with ourselves. So this guy thought, I'm going to build a church, but I'm not happy there. I'm going to build another church. He's by himself on the island. Y'all get it now? Bottom line is, we cannot be happy in ourselves, and we have to do something about that. So I pray you'll make Heartland the best Heartland can be. So many times people will say, well, if you uh, find that perfect church that's out there, you find it. Do me a favor. Don't join it. Why? because it won't be perfect anymore. Make Heartland perfect. Make it what it should be. You can do it. I know you can do it. I trust you can do it. Pray without ceasing. Believers should pray constantly, verse number 17. Believers Bible says this, having an uninterrupted uh, practice of prayer regarding all matters. Romans 12, 12 says, rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer. My dad always used to tell me, pray for a parking spot. Pray for everything. And I thought to myself, that doesn't make any sense, Dad. But I get what he was saying. Pray all the time. Pray for decisions. Pray for decisions for your children. Pray for your wife. Pray for your husband. I mean, pray about everything. Pray about buying a car. Father, can we afford this car? Help us with our finances. Whatever the case is. Pray without ceasing. You'll have peace. I like this prayer. God grant me the senility to forget the people I never liked anyway. The good fortune to run into the ones I do like and the eyesight to tell the difference. <laughs> Believers should give thanks in verse number 18. Give thanks in all circumstances for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. All circumstances, pray. John 10.10 10 says, the thief comes only to steal and to kill and destroy. Jesus says, I came that they may have life and have it more abundantly. <laughs> I want the abundant life that Christ has to offer. So be thankful. You know what? With my mom in her upper years, I, I'm around older people all the time. And, and with our younger Heartland group, 55 and older, love for you to come join us if that's your case. Be thankful even when you're up in years. Listen to this. Three older ladies were discussing the travails of getting older. One said, sometimes I catch myself with a jar of mayonnaise, mayonnaise in, the, in my hand in front of the refrigerator. I can't remember whether I need to put it away or start making something. Second lady chimed in. Yes, sometimes I find myself on the landing of the stairs. Can't remember why I was on my way up or on my way down. Well, the third lady responded, well, I'm glad I don't have that problem. Knock on wood. As she wrapped her knuckles on the table, she told them, that must be the door. I'll get it. <laughs> Are you marching to the beat of the, of the drum of Jesus Christ? That's the question, his drum. The church, of, the church of spiritual commitment, I close on this. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on the spiritual commitment, but we have an election coming up. I'm not going to talk about candidates, but I am going to say this. Vote biblical. Biblical worldview. Uh, uh, y'all silent on that. Y'all agree with me on that? Amen. Vote biblically. It's all I'm going to say. Amen. Any candidate. I'm not talking about specific. I'm talking about the election. Listen, what, what's the Bible say and where they line up? Bottom line, that's what I'm telling you. Vote biblically as a Christian. Part of our responsibility 
Never resist the Holy Spirit. Do not quench the Spirit. In verse 19, was talking about David, Dr. David Black, a former professor of mine, said this is where the inner life of the Christian is in view. The word quench is like when you put out a fire using sand or, or water. Don't ever quench it. But how you can quench it is by this. TV shows or movies you watch. What you view on the internet. The music you listen to. The movies you watch and all these things affect your relationship with Jesus Christ and interferes with your cadence. Never rebel against the preaching. Many times people don't want to hear um, the verse number 20 where it talks about do not despise the prophecies. You know, there, there's something about that. When people are going to come around you, let them speak into your life. Let them speak into your life. I still have people to my, to, in my life right now that come up and tell me, you need to do this, you, you miss this, you drop that, whatever. I want to be the best Christ follower I can be. And I can't do it on my own. I'm always open to allowing people to speak into my life. Don't get aggravated or short when people are talking to you. Many people hated the prophets back in, in the biblical days, and they even hung one on a cross. So know that you, you, you're, you need to be open, that you can hold that, that ground of a cadence for Jesus Christ and Heartland Church. Make sure you test everything. That's what is good and abstain from form of evil. My opinion is no better, in verse number uh, 21, 22, my opinion is no better than Billy Graham's if it's not in Scripture. Scripture's got to be the ultimate, ultimate guide for us is scripture. So make sure you check it out for yourself. And once you get it and you understand it, that's yours. Listen, abstain from every form of evil in verse number 22. One time I broke down in front of a, one of these places that's not the best place to be. And there's no way I was going to go into the, and ask to use the phone. So in a suit and tie and hard shoes, I pushed the car a mile away. Why? I wanted to abstain from any, anything from evil. Because if I was seen there, what's the first thing they're going to think? <laughs> now we know. I'm not even going to take that chance. I'm not even going to take that risk. And that's for you. So be careful. You be careful where you are and where you, where you attend in life personally. Withhold yourself. Are you marching to his beat of his drum? The drum of Jesus Christ. That's my question to you. Listen, we're getting ready to close. Some of you have a decision to make. And I'm just going to ask you this point blank. In just a moment, there are prayer team people in the back. In just a moment, get up and go. Their lanyards hanging there. They're going to watch for you. Go back and pray. If you need to make a decision, if you're saying, oh, this cadence stuff, I'm not doing any of this cadence stuff. Are you saved? Do you even know Jesus Christ as your Savior? That's what this is all about. You can do that today. You can know Jesus Christ as your Savior today and have this cadence and be able to march to it. How about you? Is that something you need to do today? The altar's always open. The crosses already have some requests on them. There's a paper and pen there. Feel free to nail your, your uh, request to the cross. Let us know a decision you made. Online people, you can do it on our website. If you go to our website, you'll see that, or they may even put a link on for you to be able to share your prayer requests, share your decision you made, or let us know how we can serve and minister to you. That's what it's all about. Because listen, here's the deal. Practice this cadence in our church. Why is that important to us? Because love lives here. And I know all of us want that, to honor Jesus Christ and let love lives here. So which drum are you marching to? Your own, other people's drums, or Jesus Christ? That's up to you. So I'm asking you to do one of these things today. Respond. If Jesus Christ is calling you, respond. Candela and Nader are going to close us out 
in a song here in just a minute. We appreciate this worship team. And the song starts out like this. Here's where I lay down. Every burden, every crown. This is my surrender. This will make room for you to do whatever you want to. Is that you today? Are you, are you allowing Jesus Christ to do what you want to do? Or are you holding it back saying, no, I've got this in my life. I've got this in my life. What about you? What drumbeat are you marching to? I challenge you to march to Jesus Christ. So Father, I pray you'll be with the rest of this service as we go into our, our time of altar call. You, you do what you need to do. Allow us to open our hearts to do what you want us to do and to reign in our lives as we follow your cadence, the cadence of Jesus Christ. In the wonderful, matchless name of Jesus, I pray. Would you stand with me and worship?